Good morning and welcome to episode three of Perth Della Prem. Once again, I'm joined by the two Michaels. How are we going, guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good, mate. I'm when there's two Michaels here. Um, yeah, no, good, mate. Just um, enjoying the last few days of, of holidays, dreading going back to work, to be honest. Yeah, well, too, Gareth. Um, get confusing. We need to have a little code name for Michael 1 and Michael 2. I know. Well, I started calling you Man City Mike and, and Liverpool Mike. I just don't think, I don't know, maybe that. And then it was Big Mike, Little Mike. But, and you can't even do the surnames, really, because you're both Michael P. So, yeah, one of you needs to change your name to Pronto. <laughs> All right. So, today, obviously, we're going to be chatting about the Premier League season. We're going to be doing our predictions. But first, we're going to have a look at a couple of big signings that have been made. I'll straight over to you. We'll go Man City, Mike, because obviously I know you want to talk about Raheem Sterling and his... It's not even really big money move to Chelsea. I think it's a pretty good deal for them. Yeah, I think um, it's good money, but you've got to look at it. Um, next year, similar to, say, Mane going to Bayern, um, his deal's expiring at the end of next season. He didn't look like he was going to renew. Probably made back what we paid for him. Um, I think he definitely... Um, you know, that transfer fee was... He made up for that um, over his time. Pretty gutted that he's leaving. Probably one of my favourite players, actually, um, over the recent years, apart from maybe like Aguero or De Bruyne. Um, you can't deny his quality. I mean, he has those open goal misses in him, um, which probably, you know, you could probably have any more goals he could score a season if he didn't have a couple of those in him. But massive, massive player. Um, I think most City fans probably agree that his time has come to an end. I think he's probably become less and less important. But I think one thing that we will miss and one thing that we don't have in the squad now that he's leaving uh, is sheer pace. And now sometimes you look at the way City play, pass, pass, pass. Um, and we probably don't use it as much, but it's definitely something good to have. Um, and I think he'll probably be one of those players you, you won't sort of know what you had until it was gone sort of thing. Um, so I've got some stats here. I've been telling you boys about it, but I didn't actually tell you what they were. So I'll just reel them off quickly. So most appearances under Pep Guardiola of any player, 292. So I think that's massive. Uh, third most goals. Um, I bet you can guess who the other two are, which is Aguero and Messi, 120. Uh, third most assists, um, which is pretty decent as well. He leaves under Pep anyway. He's got So he's got four Premier League titles, um, four League Cups. He's actually got five, but four under Pep and one FA Cup, two Community Shields, if you count that as well. Um, and actually, under Gua- or at Man City, since he arrived, he's second most assists, second most goals, just at Man City. So I think um, he's going to be a player that will be missed, but um, I hope he does really well at Chelsea, just not against us. Yeah, fair enough. So obviously, Man City formed, as we know, in 2008. Um, would you call him a Man City legend? I would call him a Man City legend. I mean, I don't think... I mean, the thing is, if you look at Man City, we've probably given out so many statues and uh, mosaics and like, training grounds the last few years. Um, potentially, he's probably not quite there yet. Um, but I would say he's definitely a Man City legend. You know, he's been a pivotal part of the success that we've had um, over the last few years. And he's been an important part in each one of those sides. So... No, he's definitely a legend for me. He splits splits opinions, but I think um definitely the same. Yeah, I think he's he's done real well, and especially like for England as well. I can't speak as much for City, but he's been quite good in in our major tournaments. As much as I kind of give him some 
some slated stuff like that. But he's yeah, he's he's turned up in big games, and I think compared to where he was at Liverpool, I know he was a lot younger then, but he seems a, a little bit more composed. He still has those moments, but it's a great signing for Chelsea, and I think they needed it because yeah, there was a moment there where they hadn't really signed anyone that was looking quite worrying. But we will also chat. I'll hand over to other Michael because. It's looking like they're going to sign both Nathan Ake and Koulibaly from Napoli. So what do you reckon about that? Liverpool, Michael? Yeah, um, I think it's a really good move. Uh, having lost Rudigard to Real Madrid, uh, Koulibaly, the one for me, I think will hit the ground running well in the Premier League. He has all the physical attributes um, to mix it with the likes of, say, Haaland now coming in and Darwin in from Liverpool. So the big traditional centre-halves. Um, and next to him, a Premier League proven player, Ake. I think the fee was a little bit too high, but I think you're playing for the experience he had in the Premier League and the players that he's been training and growing under, um, and the coach under pair for um, the last few years. Yeah, very good. I think Koulibaly, for me, I look at like Serie A, and I think it's very slow. So we spoke earlier about it's almost seemed like he's going to come to the Premier League for the last five years. And I think we looked, he's, what, 31 now. So I don't know. I kind of think, will he struggle with how direct the Premier League is? He, he obviously is a good player and he's a beast. Like, I've watched him in the Champions League. He's... Yeah, well, adding on to that, uh, having Liverpool recently in past history, having Napoli in their groups, um, he was one of the players that really stopped that last line of defence. Um and really, really up for the physical challenge. So I don't think he'll, I think he'll fit in quite well. And under Tuchel, they're quite usually, once he gets a bit of training into them, the preseason, quite well organised. And, and if he has like Jorginho, uh, Kovacic, Kante sitting just in front of the back four, um, that'll make that transition a lot easier for him. You think he's yeah. made it a couple of years too late though? Oh, well, you're not getting him in his prime. Yeah, uh, so that's a little bit of a difference. It's like Liverpool just signed Joey Gomez for the next um, four or five years. Um, and he's already, look how, he, how he's playing in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, well, how old is he? 30, 31? Yeah, 31. Yeah, right? yep. yeah. Uh, well, centre-halves, well, they can go to 34, 35, maybe goalkeepers ever more. Uh, if he was a midfielder, I think he wouldn't have the legs. But playing in that position and the way Chelsea set up, I think he will fit in nicely. Well, he's saying that you can only play to 34, 35. We're forgetting about the Rolls-Royce, Thiago Silva as well, because obviously he's there. Well, can, you, can you play two of them, at both at the late age? I don't know. I think they need to mix it up. But the, the, they do, but then they're stretched when they go forward and the wing-backs push up, and I think they could get exposed on the counter. Yeah. But, yeah. That'd be interesting to see. And then also, I mean, it's not a, a move into the Premier League, but obviously looking like Rafinha is going to be going to Barcelona, which obviously is going to affect Leeds. He was probably their best player uh, last season. Um, yeah, I'll go back to you, Liverpool, Mike. What do you reckon for Leeds? Is it, are they in trouble? I think it's a massive blow. Uh, he's integral to what they do, uh, how they attack. Um, and, He's got that experience in the Premier League. Um, unfortunately for me as well, I was looking forward to seeing him in Perth in a couple of weeks' time. So that's a bit of a shame. But the big move to uh, Camp Nou for him, um, another Brazilian up there, and usually they do really well. The Spotify Camp Nou, though, isn't it now? Yeah. Oh, sorry. My apologies. That's probably how they've got no money. So, yeah, quite interesting there with Barcelona. 
Um, but I reckon let's get cracking on with the interesting stuff. So obviously today we're going to be looking, um, so our Premier League predictions, we're going to look at the, who we think is going to win it, um, the Champions League places, we'll look at the Europa League places as well, all our predictions for player of the season, young players to watch, a surprise team, a flop team, and then we're going to do our predictions for week one, which is not too far away now, is it? A couple of, couple of weeks, three weeks, a little bit under, so not too far away. So I reckon we get cracking straight away with who our predictions are to win the league. I'll start because I'm probably the least biased here, but from the outside looking in, it's hard to go past City again. I honestly, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna storm it. To be honest, I know they've they obviously they've lost Raheem Sterling and they've had a couple of players out, a couple of players in, but I think the thing with City is they're always always looking to get better and Pep seems to move players on when the time is right. So Man City, Michael, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to agree with me, but pessimistic, maybe you're, you'll go someone else. Yeah, you know that I'm pretty pessimistic at the best of times. We could be 15 points clear and I'll still say it's not over. Um, I've been flip-flopping quite a bit, to be honest, because in my head, I think I don't see too many weaknesses in our squad. I mean, as I said, I'm pretty gutted that Sterling's going and I think we lose pace. Um, so I don't know if we're going to change. I think there might be a slight change in play. I think Kukurea coming in. Probably we might do have some more overlapping fullbacks, which we haven't really seen for a while. Um, but I'm not sure how it's going to pan out. A lot of changes. Um, but yeah, I still don't really see any weaknesses. And But then three in a row is just difficult as well. I, I think, you know, only... Pretty sure it's only Man United that's done that. Um, so, I mean, I've got some notes here and I had Liverpool at the top um, just because I think, again, like a couple of years ago, 18, 19, um, they came so close and you saw how hungry they were to sort of um, go that one step further the next season. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to stick with my prediction. I hope Man City proved me wrong. Um, but I think we just had a lot of changes this season um, in terms of personnel. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Liverpool. I just think I think they'll be hungry. I think okay, Mane's a big loss, um, but you know you've got Darwin Nunez coming in. I'm again I'm still not 100% convinced, but I'm sure he'll do all right. Um, but you still got Mo Salah, um, Luis Diaz full season. It's it's pretty scary. I'm, I mean that front three. Every time I play Liverpool, that I get the most nervous playing against Liverpool because of that front three. So uh, I think they'll be they'll be dangerous, and I'm just gonna stick with Liverpool. So yeah. Very good. And Liverpool, Michael, I'm sure you're... I can see you smiling there. But I think everyone listening is going to know who you're going to predict to win the league. Uh, so, New, no, I'm joking. Uh, Liverpool for me as well. Uh, I think it's a, it's a similar idea. When the Liverpool lost the league, 97 points to City, the hunger and the way they went out the following year um, and were relentless in the way they picked up points, I'm hopeful and uh, that they will do the same this year. Yeah, they'll be fighting on four fronts, same as last year. And I think we've increased our squad so we can do that. Um, of course, City aren't going to go anywhere. Uh, they have lost a few players. Um, they're evolving like Liverpool's evolving. We've lost Mane. They've lost Sterling. But when I thought they lost Sane, I thought the same thing was going to happen. They've lost that injection of pace. But the way they play now, a little bit differently, um, the way they set up and, and put really high in the final third, I think that will really suit with the likes of Haaland. However, I think under Klopp, how hungry Liverpool are, having signed Mo Salah, how 
hopefully re-energised and fresh. He will be hungry to go again and get another Premier League title. That will be enough. Yeah. So I think we can all agree that we'll have Man City and Liverpool in our top four. So we've got two other top four places that we need to obviously fill. For me, it's hard to look past Tottenham. I think they've, they think they've recruited really, really well. Um, and Chelsea as well. I think probably when we recorded the last podcast, I wouldn't have put Chelsea in my top four. But now, obviously, the signing of Sterling and the two centre-halves coming in, I think they'll have enough to finish in the top four as well. I don't know what order. I'm thinking definitely City top and those other three, I reckon, could kind of go anyway. I think it's going to be closer this season than it has been the last few. What do you guys reckon? Yeah. I, well, I mean, again, I probably, I've gone Spurs as well. So top three for me is um, either Liverpool City at the top. Um, and then Spurs, the only one I was a bit unsure about. So had I mean Chelsea as well. Okay, they've made a couple of good signings. Just to um, state though, Sterling and Koulibaly aren't confirmed, but they do look like they are going to happen. Um, so if they get them through, then that's definitely some some big additions to them. And I think if they sign Ake, it would be good as well. Um, Arsenal's the interesting one though, because I can't really decide between Chelsea or Arsenal. I know you'd probably say Chelsea over Arsenal, but. I think if uh, Jesus sort of hits the ground running, um, we, you spoke on the last pod, Gareth, about sort of how exciting their attacking options are. It's probably more so whether they can do it the other way as well. Um, but they've got such a good, exciting team. So I'm just going to just gonna sort of put it out there, a bit of a hot take. I'm going to go Arsenal. Um, yeah. Spurs and Arsenal, City, Liverpool. So. Yeah, interesting. Another one, do you agree? Uh, n- no, I, I'm going to keep with the traditional, uh, what you first said, Gareth. So what I've written down was Liverpool to win the league, City to come second, third place, I've got Tottenham and fourth, Chelsea. Would you guys say, so obviously, you know, Tottenham and Arsenal, obviously, I think over history, Arsenal are the bigger side. Now, is it is it Tottenham in, in this current time? I, no. I think Arsenal, with all their honours, um, are still way ahead. But I think the manager difference, for me, Conte um, is a lot better manager. He's won the Premier League before with Chelsea. Uh, and I think what he's been doing in the transfer market shows um, massive intent on his behalf. And he's gotten his players in really early um, compared to, like, say, Chuka, uh, Sterling, Ake, Koulibaly, all sound good about to happen but they're not happened yet so he hasn't had them on the training pitch for so many less weeks um than Conte had already yeah fair enough and we'll look at so the other Europe positions so obviously fifth sixth seventh obviously I think normally if if a team wins the league is it league cup FA cup they'll get in the Europa League is that still if we say that one of the top four will will win it I mean and obviously anyone can win it but let's just predict our kind of fifth, sixth and seventh. I've gone Arsenal fifth. I think United sixth. I, I like the look of Ten Hag. I think, you know, I, I don't really know a neutral football fan who would dislike Ajax. The way that they've played and the way he's got them to play, if he can get United to do the same, then they've got the squad to come sixth. And I think I think West Ham again. I just, I think they did so well last, last season. Um, I just, I, Antonio for me, so direct, he's so different to a lot of other Premier League strikers, Jared Bowen, and then also keeping hold of Rice as well is massive. So I, I think West Ham are going to finish seventh. I hope they do as well. Got a bit of a soft spot for West Ham. Yeah, I've gone um, Chelsea and Arsenal. That could be a flip flop there as well. Um, probably a lot of Chelsea fans listening are going to hate me for this. I 
I think last season they came in a bit overrated. Um, I think they made some good signings, but um, yeah, I'm still not too sure. So Chelsea, West Ham, and then United. That's that's my fifth, sixth, and seventh. I think. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't know if anyone's seen the result. Uh, sorry, Michael and Gareth there uh, last night. It's only preseason. Looks like United played a pretty strong team. Liverpool just, you know, had a blend. Um, but I think he's a really good manager. I think it's probably one of the first times since uh, Sir Alex left. Obviously, I mean, they've had some decent managers. I think, I think you know, they had Mourinho, but I think he's probably past it. Whereas I think Ten Hag, he's, I mean, people say he's a young manager. I think Pep's actually younger than Ten Hag. Um, but I think, you know, he plays in such a way and seems pretty organised and he's seen it all over social media. He seems to be laying down the law. So I think, um, you know, no one can disagree that they've got really good players. I just think they just need someone to come bring it together. And I think he could do that. They're not going to win the league or anything, but yeah, I think I think they'll be definitely European positions. Yeah, uh, I don't think they can go any worse than last year. Um, appointment of the new manager, they had to start strong. Um, he had to start really strong and didn't make half as many changes. I think after half an hour, Liverpool made 21 changes of players on the field. Um, menu nowhere near that. Um, they got early goals. They got a bit of confidence in the game. Um, and I think they really needed that going forward. I think Liverpool, um, they can rely on what they did last year. Uh, for my final European spots, um, I've got Manchester United up there. I think they'll turn around a little bit, get a few more points. West Ham, I think they'll continue the form. Under Moyes, um, they're, they're bringing that confidence as well. Like you said, they haven't lost Rice, um, who will hold that midfield and Antonio up ahead. And then Arsenal will be my vertical surprise packet. Even though they improved last season, I think they'll continue that. And with Jesus up front, um, I think they'll have enough firepower to get into those top positions. Can I just ask before we move on, if, if this really doesn't work for United, do you, well, I mean, how, one, how do you judge it? Um, and sort of like, you know, do you give him a season at least or, you know, um, I mean, I think where do they go from here really? Because I think it's getting to that point where they can only slip so far. Uh, to answer that question, I think you need to give the manager at least three years. Um, minimum. Uh, I think that's really, really important, um, especially if he's trying to change the culture of the club um, from behind the scenes all the way through the dressing room out onto the, on the pitch, the, the mentality, like mentality monsters as joked about with other clubs. Um, it's a thing. Um, and that starts when they go to training, they have their meal, who's cooking the meal, um, how they interact with everyone at the club. Um, it's, it, it's not a, a social media stunt. It's a real thing. Um, and then it shows later on in a couple of years time in the way they play their football. Uh, if you get rid of them any more, but, before that, I think they just don't have any trust in the manager and it's all about the money and immediate success. But I think that, that those times are gone at United. I think it happens a little bit more with Chelsea um, and they've, they've proven they can win European Cups and titles off the back of that. Um, United's been a little bit too long now. Sir Alex Ferguson is gone years ago. Um, it's time to actually invest in a proper manager who knows, especially from Ajax, the way they play football, the academy there, how important it is to bring that philosophy over to United. Yeah, see, I yeah. tend to agree with you. Um, just wonder whether... Sorry, sorry, Gareth. Um, right. I just think the, oh, it's hard. The, the media is pretty relentless as well. I'd, I'd be interested to see if he does get that three years and whether the Man United board can just sort of stand behind him. But I, I agree because 
Klopp needed the same. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, no, um, I definitely agree. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I was going to say four years. I think the only thing, obviously, football is, is a result-based business. So, if he has an absolute shocker, then obviously, yeah, you're going to get the media coming in. Um, but for me, I think if he can get a top six finish, and obviously just play some better football, I think that's that's a result for them. I don't think they're going. He's going to come straight in, and they're going to be guaranteed Champions League football. If it happens, then great. But I think it needs to be a, a slow build and, you know, look at getting sixth, then maybe next year fifth and then push in for that Champions League. And, and if they can win a cup here and there, just look at Klopp. Like, you know, he didn't do it straight away, but, you know, he won a he won a trophy. And then, you know, from there, he managed to kick on. The interesting thing for me is obviously he's come out and, you know, Ronaldo wants to leave and he's saying he's not leaving. He's one of our players, which is, is quite good. If they can hold on to him, that'd be brilliant. But... Also backing in Harry Maguire as well. Obviously, the amount of pressure that he was under last year and coming in and saying that he's the captain of the club and I want him to be my captain is interesting. But like Personally, I, I would have given it to someone else. I think that's a PR thing that um, if you've come into the club new, don't back your place from the start, take by the captaincy off him. Um, he's not going to improve his football. Yeah, it's, it's interesting with Harry Maguire. Like, I, you know, I, can't, I don't say a bad word about him. Like for England, he's he's brilliant. Never put a foot wrong. So I don't watch enough United games to jump on and say he's terrible. But obviously, there's plenty of memes made about him. So it must it must be hard. Um, so I think we'll move on. Let's do let's do our prediction for our Premier League Player of the Season because I reckon we're all going to have probably three different options. Now I've gone I've gone with a player who I'm probably. So harsh on. He's, he's English, obviously. Got to be English bias. I think with the World Cup coming up this year, obviously, he's going to be our captain in the World Cup. Um, and I think last year, obviously, Son winning the Golden Boot, as much as he'll be happy for Son, the type of player I think he is with his drive, I think he's probably in, in pre-season, is really going to be putting in the hard yards because I reckon he wants to win the Golden Boot for the Premier League this year. He wants to win trophies with Spurs. And I think he wants to win the Golden Boot and hopefully the World Cup with England. Um, so for me, I reckon my Premier League player of the season is going to be Harry Kane. And I'm going to make a bold prediction that he's going to score 30 goals. All comps or Premier League? In the Premier League. I reckon he's going to want it that badly. Last year, you know, he, he had a bit more assists. He had a bit of a slow start. I reckon he's going to hit the ground running. And I reckon 30, 30 Premier League goals for me. All right, that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, I did actually, I mean, I haven't gone Harry Kane. I did actually think Harry Kane as well. Son was probably in my thinking. Salah, I've, I've really tried not to be biased with this podcast, though, because I don't want it to sound like a Man City and Liverpool podcast. Um, but for me, I've, I've gone Kevin De Bruyne again. Um, I honestly just can't see past him. For me, um, without being biased again, I think he's the best midfielder in the world from an attacking sense. That's, I mean, some of the balls he plays, I still can't believe how he's... I mean, probably haven't really watched the replay, but most Man City fans probably watched the last... the, the last was it, Three goals in five minutes uh, against Villa. I mean, I don't know how he saw one for that goal. Um, and I think as well, it's interesting this season because a lot of the top players, the last few years, they've come in after a tournament um, in the postseason, whereas this year they've kind of they've come in a lot fresher, not had any sort of before. They had a couple of those friendlies, 
um, but there's no major tournament. Obviously, the one thing that will probably make the season a lot more interesting is having the break in the middle of the season um, and how players come back from that. But I just, I mean, he's, I think with Haaland coming in, um, he didn't have as many assists last year, but I think assist record next year is going to be pretty, um, pretty interesting. I think he could probably break that if he had he starts on form, he stays fit, um, and he obviously adds goals as well. And I just don't think there's a better play um, in the Premier League. So that's for me. Uh, for me, uh, neither of those two players. Um, not that that I don't think they have it in them. I think. For uh, Harry Kane, I think Richarlison coming in and finding that partnership up front and having to work him out because his stats with Son, um, the, the, the amount of assists and goals they set up for each other is in the history books. Um, I don't know how Richarlison will fit into that and how he'll take away maybe not being on the same wavelength in certain games and he'll miss out on those opportunities where we usually get the ball and put it back in the net. Um, Kevin De Bruyne as well. Yeah, he's a definitely he's an outstanding player. I think he could win it um, potentially like he's done in the past in previous years. Um, but both Harry Kane and Kevin De Bruyne, unless they get injured, both go into the World Cup, where my prediction of Salah, who's not going to the World Cup with Egypt, um, has that um, break over that time um, in December or before they come back at the end of December. So he'll rest up, recharge his body, and hopefully put in like a little mini pre-season and hit the ground running like he did in the beginning half of the 2021-22 Premier League season, which then went on and got him um, the play of the tournament. Yeah, it's really interesting, I think you say that with, with Stallone. You touched on it last pod as well about him obviously not going to the World Cup. And I think we saw this year, he, he kind of did crash towards the end of the year. Obviously, they played in every single game possible, as, as we all know which is just an amazing achievement. Um, so I think, yeah, that break for him, yeah, it could be good. But momentum's a big thing. If he goes in just before that World, World Cup and he's scoring goals and then all of a sudden he stops playing football for the time the World Cup's on, it'd be interesting to see if that has an effect on him at all. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it. It's going to be such a unique season with the World Cup in the middle of it. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, no, um, I, I agree with that as well. Uh, it can work both ways. Um, how far England and I think Belgium will both go in the, in the World Cup. Uh, and when you especially go to the latter stages, how many minutes on the pitch, Harry Kane being the captain and Kevin De Bruyne will have for the national teams. Will that take its toll as soon as they come back and, and play two games a week again, um, end of December, early January? Um, really curious of how they're going to respond to that. I think you could yeah, see some results as well, to be honest, even leading up to the podcast. I think you could see some strange results because I think a lot of the players are going to have a I don't know what's happened there. We'll have to try and cut through. I think his microphone's gone a little bit dodgy. It sounded like a bit of a robot there. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely... Yeah, seeing how many minutes each, each of them is going to play. I know mm. Harry Kane as well, after he's at a tournament, he seems knackered. But I don't know. I'm just I'm going to back him in because I think I spend too much time criticising him, especially when it comes to major tournaments. And he always seems to do all right. So I'm going to back him in. I reckon we move on to young players to watch. I think originally we, we'd said just one young player, but 
I reckon that's a bit broad. I reckon we should have a, a few. So I know myself, I, I, I've got three. So maybe if I say one of mine, then we'll move on to Man City. Michael, I'm sure, has got three Man City players. We can go one at a time and then uh, Liverpool. I'm sure he's got three Liverpool players. But um, start off, he, so I think his first year at Wolves last season was playing a lot, kind of. I think he was signed as more of a left midfielder, but he was playing a bit of left wing back. That ran eight Nori. So I think he had a, a decent enough year last year. Um, yeah, Michael's gesturing uh, Liverpool. Michael, like he has no clue who he is, but he had an he had an okay season. Obviously, he didn't feature in our in our team of the season. I think we had Cody in there, and I was we were too focused on other left backs. But he signed for ten million last year, and he he looks like a pretty good player. So I think he's had one year in the Premier League already, and he did okay. So I think he's someone who could come up. And I wanted to pick someone different than someone from the top kind of six teams. So, yeah, him for me, it'll be an interesting one to watch. How about you, Liverpool, Mike? I'm sure you're going to come in with a Liverpool player or are you going to shock us with someone different? Well, uh, my young player um, prediction is not a Liverpool player. My second young player prediction, uh, in case the first one doesn't work out, is a Liverpool player. Um, I'll go with that first. Um, so I predicted Harvey Elliott um, to kick on this year. He started the Premier League season in Klopp's first 11, uh, first game last season at home. Um, then after a couple of games, he got injured, um, injured himself really badly. Uh, he came back, he played a Champions League game, played a couple of cup games, scored a goal. Um, just got a couple of stats here. So he's still only 19 years old. Um, Klopp has played him uh, most of the time in like the eight position, um, so the centre mid area of the pitch. He can also play wide forward, so... Uh, he did play that actually yesterday um, for the pre-season match because um, Salah started on the bench. Um, in the Premier League alone last year, he played six total of six matches, had one shot on target from seven shots in total. Fortunately, didn't score any goals during the Premier League season or assists. Um, he did average 41 passes per match, again, playing in the midfield with a completion rate of 85%. Um, he's technically very good on the ball. I think he'll grow under Klopp um, and he's shown that and Klopp to pick him at the start of the last season, picking the, in the Champions League quarterfinal first leg away um, against Inter. Uh, that, that just speaks volumes of potentially the talent he is. Yeah, I think he's an interesting shout. I, I saw as well, I was reading something about, is it Morton who plays at Liverpool? And Jürgen Klopp was going on about him saying he's done really well in, in training. And, and the other one for me, who I'd put down, um, obviously want to throw in, throw in a bit of Luton into the podcast. He played against Luton last last season, towards the end of last year um, and at Fulham, and they won 7-0. Uh, but he was just unplayable. And it was that Fabio Carvalho. So... It would be interesting to see because I reckon if, if that kind of if Liverpool do play with a number ten, I know that, that there's talks about Firmino potentially dropping in, but that position is there for the taking, I think. So he's someone for me, I think could kick on if he gets enough game time. Uh yeah, totally agree. And Klopp alluded to in his press conference when he was in Thailand, again of a hint of a formation change, um, four two three one, which then allows number ten to be integral with the way. Um, they get the ball from the mid turn and then they can find that exciting front three. And City Mike, I'm sure you're going to fly in with a City player for us. Uh, Phil Foden, he's still eligible. No, I'm only kidding. Um, now, nah, well, I've gone I, again. I said I didn't, I honestly did not plan this, I did not intend to be biased, but a player that 
especially now that um, Sterling's gone. Um, I think Mara's will be pretty key next season, even though he's, he's getting he's getting older now. Um, wait, can you hear me, guys? Unfortunately, having some technical difficulties. Right, let's try that. I'll just unplug the mic for a sec. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so if, if we, I'll start again. So I'll say, um, so obviously, Michael, you're going to have a Man City player as one of your young players to watch. Yeah, Phil Foden, he's still eligible, right? Um, no, nah, no, nah, not Phil. Um, yeah, I tried not to be biased. I'm looking at my notes now. It looks a bit, a little bit biased, to be honest. But um, now, nah, a player that I'm really looking forward to seeing is Cole Palmer. Um, now, most people might not have heard too much about him, except for you guys, me just banging on in our group chat about him. Um, but last season, he actually really kicked on quite a bit. He seems to be getting similar treatment to uh, kind of what Foden did. Um, you know, you don't see him a lot, but when he kind of does play um, in those cup games, Champions League, dead rubbers, all those sorts of things, but I think still meaningful nonetheless. You know, he scored some, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he scored some absolute worldies um, in the Champions League um, and against oh, some of the lower league oppositions in the in the League Cup. And I think um, he's going to, especially now that Sterling's left, uh, there's, he plays on the right wing. Um, I mean, in the youth teams, he's played as a number 10, similar to what Foden did, but he, he'll probably start on the wing for the next few years um, until he develops his game. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I don't think he will be young player of the year, so to speak. Um, I just don't think he'll probably get enough appearances just now. Um, but I think um, you'll start to see a lot more of him um, this season. And he probably would have played more last season, but he actually was out for the last three months with an injury, just couldn't shake. So if he comes back from that, which apparently he has, um, it could be really exciting. Um, yeah, that's that's my young player to watch. Yeah, interesting. I think um, I'll quickly mention Emil Smith-Rowe because we spoke about him yeah. before he was in the season. I personally think he's going to kick on this year. I reckon he'll get in the England squad, so he's my other one. Um, but I'm going to pass back over to uh, Liverpool, Michael, because I know you've got an interesting player to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with the blue side of Merseyside. Um, Anthony Gordon at Everton, uh, 21 years old, um, winger. He played a lot of football last season. So last year he had a total of 25 matches, 18 shots on target from 28 shots in total, uh, where he scored four goals, two assists, average 79 pass completion um, with 18 passes per match. So he he's, he's an exceptional young player in these lightning quick as well. Uh, again, another year of Premier League experience under his belt. I think he's one to watch this season. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I just had a couple more. So Palace have been pretty good the last couple of years at signing some young players. Now, this is a name that we could not pronounce in the last podcast. Uh, Malcolm, oh, I'm not even going to pronounce it. It's Eboe. Eboe. I can't even. I can't, I've absolutely butchered that. So I'm sorry, Crystal Palace fans. But um, he's come from Derby, and I, we didn't mention it in the last podcast. He actually rejected Man United to join Palace, which um, probably doesn't say as much about Man United, but I think it's probably a smart move for him because he's going to get games. You've obviously seen the likes of Eze, um, Olise um, kick on there, young players coming up from the championship. I think he could be one to watch. And I don't know if he's eligible, but I don't know if you boys have heard of him. Um, Czech Decore, by all accounts, he seems like a promising young French striker. So... Um, yeah, I think Palace are making some good moves there. And I think Vieira's um, done a pretty decent job there, all things considered. So, yeah. 
Yeah, some interesting names there. 